Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. For historical context, today is the 14th of November of 2023. Unfortunately, I have been missing an action of sorts because I've been working hard on my book that hopefully should be published within the next month titled Vasopressors and Inotropes. Today, however, we're going to be discussing a study that was recently published titled Efficacy of Haloperidol to Decrease the Burden of Delirium in Adult Critically Ill Patients. The Eurydice, maybe Eurydice, I don't know, randomized clinical trial, and it was published in Critical Care in 2023. Delirium is a common and challenging condition in the ICU, affecting up to 50% of critically ill adults. It's awful because it's associated with longer hospital stays, long-term cognitive dysfunction, as well as higher costs for our healthcare systems. More higher costs means less money for raises for nurses. For years, haloperidol has been a go-to medication for treating delirium, especially when patients exhibit symptoms like agitation or hallucinations. But its effectiveness has been under scrutiny lately. Today, we're diving into the Eurydice study in order to better understand where haloperidol stands in treating ICU delirium. This study was conducted across eight ICUs in the Netherlands and included critically ill adults with delirium. It was a double-blind placebo-controlled trial, meaning that neither the patients nor the healthcare providers knew who was receiving haloperidol or a placebo. The primary goal was to see if haloperidol reduced the days patients spent in delirium or coma within the first 14 days after randomization. I must admit, I have a hard time understanding what coma means. Now let's talk numbers. This trial included 132 patients. 65 received haloperidol and 67 received a placebo. Here's the kicker. The results showed that haloperidol did not significantly increase delirium and coma-free days. In fact, both groups had a median of 9 delirium and coma-free days. But as always, it is not clear-cut. You see, patients treated with haloperidol were less likely to receive benzodiazepines, which is often used for agitation. This suggests a potential benzodiazepine-sparing effect with haloperidol. However, it's important to note that the other secondary outcomes related to agitation and patient safety, well, these didn't show a statistically significant difference between the groups. Now, this trial brings some important insights. First, it aligns with the previous studies indicating that haldol, or haloperidol, might not be effective in reducing the duration of delirium in the ICU. But it also opens up discussions about its role in managing agitation and possibly reducing the need for other sedatives. It's crucial to approach these findings with nuanced understanding. Again, there's so much stuff that we could tease out from these data. While haloperidol did not reduce the number of days patients spent in delirium or coma, its potential role in managing specific symptoms like agitation should definitely never be overlooked. It's definitely a reminder of the complexity of delirium and delirium management for that matter in the patients that we care for every day in our respective ICUs. This study, like any other, definitely has some limitations. First of all, it was stopped early for futility of reaching the predefined difference in delirium and coma-free days for that matter. And about 75% of the patients who were screened were deemed to be ineligible. 
this might affect how we interpret these findings to apply to all ICU patients. You see, it's quite challenging to set a defined criteria for inclusion and exclusion because a lot of times they don't, it doesn't end up applying to real-world patients. In conclusion, the Uridice study, or Uridice study, I'm so sorry for the authors for massacring this, this trial, but the other name was way too long. It definitely shows us that haloperidol might not reduce delirium duration, but it could play a role in managing agitation and decreasing the need for other sedatives. I really, really try to avoid benzodiazepines in patients. It's definitely a step forward in our understanding, but you know, it also leaves us with a bit of a void where it's hard to generalize the findings of this study for real-world patients. I hope that this short episode shed some light on the steps that researchers are going through to try to improve delirium management in the ICU. I believe I've already covered a previous haloperidol study within the last two years or so, but I always like to encourage folks to remember that every patient is unique and the treatment approaches should be tailored accordingly. Remember that patients don't read the textbook. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode. I hope to be publishing more stuff soon as I get caught up in finishing this book. The editor is definitely being quite helpful. Hope you have a great day, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye.